Well, welcome, Brian. Welcome to uh, AQ's Blog and Grill. We're chatting to us from uh, Austin, Texas. That's South by Southwest. How's it going? It's going great. It's I'm actually inside a convention center here at South by Southwest. Excellent. So there's a lot of rumors going around right now, Brian, about you and uh, Tim Washer. Um, <laughs> you know, there's some pretty pretty scandalous photos of you two guys in that uh, nap pod. Uh, what do you got to say about that? Um, I'm not one to plead the fifth since I <laughs> preach uh, transparency very often, but um, yes, that would that would definitely be my most interesting interview of the trip was a, a nap pod with Tim Washer um, talking about uh, South by Southwest. It was actually air conditioning and very comfortable, uh, wow. other than the fact that was you know in close proximity to Tim the whole time. Yeah. Did you spoon? Uh, I think you'll have to watch the video. I tried not to make that happen, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, Tim's a, Tim is just uh, Tim is just great. I'm sure that interview is going to be uh, fabulous. We'll follow up on that. So, Brian, you're the um, you're the proud father of three daughters. How old are the girls? So I have three. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So. Woo! Uh, or, organized chaos at home and organized chaos at work. <laughs> you know, the reason I mention that is because every time you create a profile, you, at the very, right, as soon as it says Brian Fanzo, it says proud father. Now, that sends a pretty, pretty authentic message, I think. Well, thank you. I, you know, and um, they're my favorite job, and uh, they're probably my best work I've ever done. So, for <laughs> me, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to... Um, be very proud. I I, um, I knew I always wanted kids, and um, early on in my career, I had a I had someone that uh, told me that they were they thought I posted too much about my my oldest daughter, and they said that um, it was going to give people an idea that I didn't work very hard. And I said, no, the idea was that I'm a proud dad. Yeah. And so since that moment, I've made sure to put it front and center because uh, you know work life balance is not an easy thing, but uh, they are they are my favorite work. That's for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks thanks for sharing that because. I believe it's important too. So tell us a little bit about iSocial fans. What's, what's going on with this? So I do a little bit of everything right now. So I'm a, um, I'm a chief social media officer for a company called My Channel Inc. that is uh, doing social video collaboration for enterprise companies. And then I'm also the founding partner of a company called Backlamp LLC. And we do um, live streaming, uh, Snapchat. We really do digital storytelling, consulting, and strategy for brands to use what I like to call fear of missing out marketing. So all of the latest and greatest new technology, new apps, we, we work really hard in adapting them, understanding how what they're, what the community is that's using them, and then trying to help brands use them to storytell. And, and I use the word storytelling um, a lot because to me that's so much more important today than traditional broadcasting or even marketing and sales because for me when you tell the story, that it does all the marketing and sales for you. Right. So. I mean, one of your one of your things is is storytelling with your digital eyeballs. So help us unpack that a little bit. So you know, I've, I've it's actually it stems a lot from a quote my dad told me early on. I was a tech guy and, and I pivoted a little bit into social media. Right. And my dad's owned a candy company his entire life. He's a, a serial entrepreneur, very successful. And he just wrote me a letter. Actually, he wrote me a message while I was live on air doing one of my shows. And he said, "Son, I love what you're doing. Just don't forget." social media will never replace a handshake. And on air, I said, Dad, you're right, it won't. But it's giving me the opportunity to have additional handshakes and turn some of those into hugs and selfies, which is what I, which is what I said. So for me, the digital eyeball element is, you know, storytelling today, or for I guess the last five or six years, has really been reliant on polished and produced content on our website and really these things that really weren't, you know, it was hard to be authentic or hard to prove that you were authentic. 
And we've now got to a world where I think our digital community says, I want to trust you, but not because you tell me to trust you, but because I can look you in your eyes. And so these new tech, I think video is something that is really changing the game and allowing us to scale relationships and really build trust by letting people look in our digital eyeballs. Okay. Well, that, that's a great thing. And I think this, your, your passion, your commitment to uh, live streaming is, is a demonstration of, of where the market is likely to go in terms of the brand and building you know, brand relationships. So what, what's next in live streaming, even though it's not all that old, but where is it gonna go now? Well, you know, it's interesting. So um, I'm here at South by Southwest and Meerkat uh, made its mark on the world exactly a year ago. Yeah. I actually wore my Meerkat, I wore my Meerkat shirt day one here as a little throwback um, <laughs> to, to a year ago. But you know, for me, when I talk about like kind of the future of live streaming, I'm not sure where the apps are going, but I, I like to talk about, you know, I believe authenticity and storytelling, the need for those is going to increase and it's going to get greater and greater. I think we're going to start to see, you know, for for me, when I'm working with brands, there's two things that brands have to understand if they want to work with me. And the, and there's it, the two things are, there's two illusions, perfection and control. And if you don't believe either one of those are illusions, then you're not gonna be you're not gonna be able to work with with what I'm trying to do because we can't control a message. We can't oftentimes control what's happening around us. Yep. And perfection is just not you know not something that I'm my product is worth or you know what I'm trying to deliver. And you know I work really closely with YouTube uh, YouTube you know stars. I I here at this event I'm working with a, an entire video crew. We're putting together a very polished piece. But the, the, the content that I'm actually delivering on live streaming and on Snapchat and using these videos is is very raw and very real. And it doesn't it's not replacing one or the other. But I'm able I, I like to think of it as live streaming is going to really focus on the right time. And the right time is more than just real time. Anybody right. can click a button. But it's understanding your audience, understanding the things around you and then going live and providing that right time content. Wow, I really like that that right time as opposed to just real time. I think that's that's an important distinction. Thank you for uh, thanks for explaining that. But you did at one time say real time doesn't give you an excuse to not have a strategy. And I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and startups, and you kind of ask about strategy, and the eyes glaze over. So help us understand how important strategy is to a startup or even to a stay up. Oh, I, I think it's. To me, it's everything, you know, and I think, you know, I believe every digital action you take is part of your digital footprint, and that means every single thing you do should have a strategy behind it. And, you know, I want to make sure that you understand that when I'm connecting with you on, on LinkedIn, it's not because I just want one more number to go up. Strategically, I think we're going to have, you know, shared value or value, you know, between us. And so when I look at real time, the thing about pressing the button, everything from I study what, what trending hashtags are um, on Instagram before I go live on Periscope. And people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, so for me, it's like, well, if I want my content to be found, I need to be strategic about what hashtags I'm using. Right. And then I also have like, I have a, you know, a couple of things like I have a playbook that you, these, the five things you do every single stream, and it, they're very basic. You welcome people into the room, you introduce yourself, you provide your content, you engage the commenters, and then you recap and get off. And to me, that's a strategy. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the points that you make, and I think you make it very strongly and powerfully, is that we is greater than me. Uh, so that is about listening to your audience and responding in right time. It, it is. And to me, that is, you know, one of the chapters in my book is, is called, you know, the future of innovation is collaboration. Right. And the reason that really means a lot to me is I believe 
that we can do amazing things together. But, you know, that we is greater than me. It's one of my most popular keynotes that I give, and I, I love it. But, you know, I, it also starts with being a great me. So you individually have to understand that you have to give value. I, I was in the Uber this morning, and um, the Uber driver said, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. And I said, really? South by Southwest? And she's like, they are the nicest people I've ever met, and they give up information for free. They were. She's like, every person I take is teaching me about their business, teaching me about their world. And I told her, I was like, you just made my day. I was yeah. like, my blog post is going to include a quote from you, and now <laughs> it's on this interview because – that element where we're here to share, we're here to collaborate, we're here to, to work together and bridge each other's audiences and, and learn from each other, I believe that's how we are going to innovate moving forward because the rate of change today is something we've never seen before. Right. And we're not going to be able to keep up if we don't collaborate. Well, yeah. I mean, as you pointed out, Meerkat just emerged a year ago, and now we have Periscope. And what are your thoughts? I mean, you're now seeming to be leaning towards Periscope. Uh, and, and why is that? So for me, you know, I, I'm very lucky that I get to live right on that edge of trying all the new things, failing without any worry of failure because failure ends up being how I teach my clients. Right. So I'm very lucky in that element. But, um, you know, for me also, it's understanding what works for my audience is also what works for my clients and then that, that word value. And so right now, I mean, uh, as we speak, Facebook Live is another one that is, is kind of taking off mm -hmm. because Facebook now is telling people they're going to give you almost four to five X more organic reach on a live video compared to a regular video, which already gets um, a bit more reach in the social space. Right. So for me, part of it comes down to, I focus really hard on listening to my audience and, and the story I'm gonna tell, and then using the platform that allows me to get to that audience. And sometimes this afternoon, the one session that I'll be doing, um, I'm doing it on both uh, things. So I have, I have a Samsung phone in my one pocket, an <laughs> iPhone in the other pocket, and I'll be doing Facebook Live and Periscope. Now, I don't recommend that for everybody. Really, the platform ends up just being the vehicle to get us that message, right. much more so than just picking one or the other. And, and that comes from experience. I was extremely brand loyal to Meerkat to a fault, and now I could have learned to more let my audience dictate, not me deciding uh, based on my own personal, personal preference. Okay, and, you know, and to that point, you've said in the past, you know, that, that use tools to be more human. It's not about the technology, it's about how you connect with people and do that digital eyeball thing. And uh, I think you've made that point very wisely. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what? I think you know, people always blame um, automation or tools, but I also believe everybody throws automation and tools at a people problem and then just blames the tools. And you realize that it's actually you that's the problem and it's the operator of the tool, much more so than the actual tool <laughs> itself. So you know, I, I use scheduling tools. Um, I promote my um, every Periscope because it disappears after 24 hours within the app. And so I have uh, six program tweets that go out over that 24 hours telling you, 20 hours left to watch, four hours left to watch, one hour left to watch. And to me, what that, it, that, what that automation is allowing me to do is provide that value to my audience that might not have seen it. So rather than looking at technology as actually not allowing me to be more human, it's actually allowing my message to get to the humans more. So I actually, I really truly believe that when you use the technology right, it does allow us to build more human relationships and gives us more time to do some of the things that we are better at. Yeah, it's very exciting. Now, I think it was yesterday you bumped into some guy. Uh, who was that guy? Uh, Gary somebody or other. I did. I, I did. I, I, seemed, I seemed to bump into him a lot. It's now three years in a row here at South By. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. I, I, I do think that Gary's the hardest working guy in social media. But I think you're, you know, you're Mr. Congeniality. You're right up there. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right up there with Gary. So what was, what was Gary doing at South by Southwest? Was he giving a session or just hanging around? 
I think a little bit of everything. So his book is a big piece. So Ask right. Gary V. The book is yes. out. So he did a keynote on that. He did about six pop-up events um, around that. I got to see two of the pop-up events, and then I got some a little bit of time with them um, after one of the events. And yeah, I'm very blessed. Gary has been a um, a huge supporter of mine really before he had any business even retweeting or following me. And um, every time he really does give me some quality time, and I'm I'm really appreciative to him. Yeah, that's that that's that caring and sharing. Uh, aspect and, and creating that community and collaboration you talk about except you know he's determined to own the New York Jets yeah and you're a Pittsburgh kid and you're a Steelers I fan am. so you know maybe the two of you shouldn't get along all that well just saying well, we, we decided we decided um, during this past season that we had a 48-hour roll and neither one of us would give the other person any any kind of grief if their team <laughs> lost for 48 hours because it got a little heated there for a back and forth between the uh, our two organizations. But yes, you're right. Um, I told him I, I wouldn't mind him owning the Jets, but I told him like you know in, in Pittsburgh we count Lombardi trophies, not uh, how many owners we have. So he, until until they get six Lombardis, then uh, he, 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 he he'll he'll have a lot of work to go to chase up you know chase my Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, zing! It's been a long time since Joe Namath beat. Uh, the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three. So it has. yeah, we won't mention that to him though. Not at all. No, well, not at all. Well, Brian, it was fabulous speaking to you today. Thank you for taking the time uh, during the conference. Have a fabulous session this afternoon. And uh, we look forward to having this interview mounted. I think we were live streaming, were we? We are live streaming, of course. So we'll awesome. get- Awesome, love it. All right, well, thank you, man. Well, and have a great time. Thank you guys so much for having me. Cheers. Okay, bye. Q's Blog and Grill.